Hey, this is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Simon and Garfield. All right, let's get into it. The chair, the power of a chair. Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board, because he was one tough son of a gun, telling us how we should live our lives and mostly how he wants to live his life as an artist starting his own record company, the power of a chair in my world of surgery, getting a person to sit up properly, bend over properly, so that the anesthetic can be placed in the spine properly, so you don't have to have general anesthesia, which is what inspired today's topic. But I love the world of sports, and I thought long and hard about the most powerful chair is the one with four wheels in an Indy race car. And the first man to get those cars to go over 200 miles an hour, 1971, was Dan Gurney. He not only was a race car driver, but he also retired and then went into the field of building cars, building the chair to go the fastest in a race. Here's an interview with the great Dan Gurney. Dan, you just you just retired not long before that. Did that make you wish, man, I wish I'd have stuck around to go to an I mean, when you think about when you started racing and what the speeds were ah. to get to that. I drove it once uh, at, the, at Ontario. Bobby says, boss, you got to get in this. You can feel it. Uh, okay, so I did. I got in. And it, it, you know how you feel a good road car when you're in second gear. It can accelerate pretty good. Well, it felt like about twice that, only it's in a 230-mile-an-hour gear. So, I mean, it really pulled big time. This is such a proud moment in the history of racing. Yeah, it was. I mean, to think, you know, you're back home at night and you're like, we just ran 200 miles an hour, an average speed in an Indy car. Watching your cars succeed and be the fastest, and every one year at Indy, almost everybody had an eagle. Is that kind of like being a proud pop, watching your kids get older? Uh, I'm sure, uh, yes, if something is achieved by a son or a daughter and or a car that you've sort of spawned, uh, yes, uh, definitely uh, you uh, partake in the achievement and it, it really means a great deal. I mean, you're, uh, you know, you can shed some tears real easily. Tears of, of happiness. That's right. That's Dan Gurney talking about tears of happiness, where every car in the Indy 500 all of a sudden became an eagle, which is the car he designed. The chair that he designed on four wheels. How did Dan Gurney figure out how to drive the car so much faster than everybody else? And I don't mean just a little faster. 13 miles an hour faster. That's the difference between driving 50 and 65 miles an hour practically. That You know as a person just driving your car what a big leap that is. He did it because he, well, you'll hear the story. This is his, and again, like Vince Scully, very self-deprecating, but there's a genius in that head of Dan Gurney. Listen to him tell the story of the innovation called the Gurney Flap. 
this tiny little adjustment he made with a piece of aluminum he found in the trailer and put it on the wing of the IndyCar. And this is the day it happened. Bobby tells a wonderful version of the story. It wasn't just Herbie Horsepower. There was also this little aerodynamic thing uh, that he calls the wicker bill, but he concedes that it's fair to call it the gurney flap since you invented it. And he tells a great story about how that happened. I'd like to hear your version of the same story. How did that day unfold when the gurney flap became perhaps the definitive innovation in aerodynamics? Well, yeah, aw shucks. Listen to this. Phoenix, 100 degrees on a track. Bobby Unser driving a car designed by Dan Gurney. Frustrated because they just can't go faster. Listen to this beautiful story. Bobby was certainly involved. We had been there with Bobby driving for three days in Phoenix on the one mile, and we were not doing competitive times. It was hot, and um, but we were, you know, just throwing everything we could think of at the car, and we were coming up short all the time. Or, uh, and uh, it was probably 5 o'clock in the afternoon that I was sitting in, the, in a trailer that we call the car in with a pickup. So he's painting the picture. It's hot. It's miserable. Trying to be in the shade and thinking. And uh, Bobby came up to me and says, uh, Boss, you're supposed to be able to come up with things all the time. Can't you come up with anything for crying out loud? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, I was busy thinking about all the, the moving with the rear spoiler on uh, on our sports cars and even at Le Mans and... and uh, because I got, I had a pretty sensitive feel for when it was too much and when it wasn't enough. And uh... mm, so his wheels are starting to turn. Frank Sinatra deciding one day, I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm going to stop my own company and become the most powerful chair, not on wheels, but in the music business. Anyway, the idea I thought, well, I wonder if that would work on a wing, a spoiler on the wing, not on the body. And, uh, I asked him if uh, we could come up, do we have any scrap aluminum, you know, we can make a 90-degree bend on it and put, pop rivet it on the rear, uh, the trailing edge of the rear wing, and and, uh, yeah, we did. So about 45 minutes later, we had the first one. So he puts this little piece of aluminum and makes a flap how the wind comes over the top of the car. No big deal. Then he takes the stopwatch, and he watches Bobby Unser go around the track. No difference, but something special actually is happening. And Bobby went out and ran on it, and uh, our watch says it wasn't any faster. He, and he went maybe five, six laps, came in, and uh, he looks up. He's in the car. He looks up. He says, is any, you know, his helmet on, but is anybody here? What do you mean, anybody here? Well, I mean, anybody watching us? And I said, no, we've been here, and nobody's been here all day, you know, and uh, no, not even any Indians up on the hill. And uh, <laughs> Nobody's around, Bobby Young, sir. Why? You didn't go any faster. And uh, I said, how come you're asking that? And he says, the back of this car is stuck so tight, I can ma- barely make it turn. So... That was the reason his lap time was slower because, you know, it had a gigantic push. But we ended up putting the similar things on the front wing, and all of a sudden we were competitive. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, competitive. Listen to how much faster he was going. 
So he didn't want anybody else to see how the car and, was behaving. And the reason for the wicker bill is we thought, well, we don't want to let people know about this thing. And uh, what are we going to call it? We you know, couldn't be calling it a flap, you know. And uh, so that's when wicker bill stepped into the picture and uh, people didn't know what it was. We still don't know what a wicker bill is, <laughs> but it got there. And that was a question of hiding it for another six months anyway. To get to Indy, and people would look at that, and we say, "Well, we've made the rear wing so light, and it's sort of weak back there. We had to reinforce it with it." And how much faster was your pole speed that year than the year before? Do you remember? I think it was 13 miles an hour faster. 13 miles an hour. These guys go like fractions of a second to win a race. 13 miles an hour faster. It was not until this week, to putting this show together, did I ever realize. What happens to us as a human being when we sit in a chair? It allows us to focus. You're not moving anymore. You're resting. You're not standing still. You're sitting. It's hard to look behind you. You can only look forward. You can dream. You can think about your future. You can plan. And with the right person, you can change the music business. You can change the racing business. And in my world of surgery, you can change the anesthesia business for the better. It made me think of this guy, because he did it first. I did it my That's right. way. He ain't waiting for a banker to tell him what kind of song to sing. I've had a few. Frank Sinatra did it in 1960. Three years to later, he sells the record company he starts to Warner Brothers. What I had to do. But he's the chairman of the board. He's the chair. The power of the chair in music. Because he did it my way. Coming up next, I'll take some calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But I want to also tell you a story. The ultimate clapper vision as it relates to Clayton Kershaw. Why does his back lock up when he's throwing a baseball? And relatable to Vin Scully. Because the story comes from the man who taught me shoulder surgery. It's because of Dr. Frank Job that I can tell you why Clayton Kershaw has a back problem as a pitcher. I'll explain coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.